What if you could have a career where the opportunities are as vast as our nation, where it's not about mission statements, but a shared mission? At U.S. Customs and Border Protection, we go beyond to protect more than borders, from ship to shore, air to ground, cities to local communities. CBP agents and officers are keeping people safe. Join U.S. Customs and Border Protection and go beyond for something far greater than yourself. Learn more at cbp.gov careers. Only 4% of universities in the U.S. are R1 research institutions, and Temple University is one of them. This means 100% of students have the opportunity to participate in hands-on learning and research with world-class faculty. With over 600 academic programs across 17 schools and colleges, Philadelphia's largest public university provides students with a rich variety of opportunities and propels graduates to succeed in their careers. Temple University. Schedule a campus tour today at admissions.temple.edu. visit to the Bad Taste Crime Cast. I'm Janelle. I'm Vicky. And we are coming at you with another amazing episode today. Wow! <laughs> yes, if Love this is lot. your first time listening, a special hello to you. Um, oh boy, we got a lot of stuff to talk about today. Yeah. So much. We're having a time. <laughs> good news. All good. good. Well, yeah. For the most sure. part. I mean, in, in podcast stuff, it's good news. It is good news. <laughs> but first, let's head over to the newsroom. Okay, so I got sent this awesome article from friend of the show, Wani. Hey, Wani. Um, <laughs> it's from the BBC News. Awesome. And there is a possibility that we might see our first space crime. Dun, dun, dun. So there are reports that NASA is investigating the first allegations of a crime in space. <laughs> okay. Um, the claim is that there was an astronaut that accessed the bank of account, the bank account of her estranged spouse from the international space station. Oh, international space station fraud. Okay. Yes. Yeah. And she's admitted to accessing the bank account, but isn't saying that it's anything nefarious, <laughs> just that she was checking in to make sure that the finances were fine while she was like hanging out up in space. Yeah. You know, when you're away from home for a long time, got to make sure the fam's taking care of themselves. Yeah. I mean... There's no laws in space, right? It's like the Wild West. <laughs> you would think so. Oh, but it's, you know what? International space station. Apparently, because obviously the question of like space law has never really come into play up until this point. Mm-hmm. Um, but one of the things this article points out that I find that's really interesting is with the prospect of space tourism, True. that it might be something that would 
have to be considered. Now, as it stands, it's kind of like wherever you come from, that's the law that you would be held to in space. So if a Canadian broke the law, they'd be held to Canadian law standards. If somebody from Russia broke the law, it'd be Russian law standards, mm-hmm. et cetera, et cetera. So that's kind of where they're at now. But I just thought the idea of like somebody, I don't like space crime, right? Yeah. I, it's just like who's the space sheriff? The space sheriff. <laughs> um, well, pretty soon it's going to be the U.S. of A. Space Force. Oh, God. <laughs> they better dress up like cowboys, because, I mean... Only if it's one of those cowboys that has the hat, the hat on the outside of the helmet. Oh, my God. <laughs> like they do in cartoons. Yes. Yes. 100%. Only if it's that kind of cowboy. Yes. <laughs> That'd be amazing. Um, all right. Moving on to Netflix and Kill. <laughs> of course... Last weekend, well, it won't be last weekend. It'll be a couple weekends ago. But <laughs> Mindhunter season two. My gosh, I'm assuming you watched it. In I one also, day. I also, I just about <laughs> watched it in one day. I was very excited for this. Mm-hmm. I'm going to set out to say before we even start talking about this, major spoiler alert because oh God, yeah, we uh, we got to talk it, about it. Yeah, you need to turn this off. Go watch all of it and then turn this back on. <laughs> um, for those that don't know, Mindhunter is first of all, what are you doing? Yeah. But Mindhunter with it. is a series based on the book Mindhunter inside the FBI's elite crime. S- excuse me, FBI's Elite Serial Crime Unit by Johnny Douglas and Mark Olshacker. We did an episode on kind of the the guys who created the yes. Behavioral Science Unit. Mm-hmm. I don't remember what episode it It was a while was, ago. But yes, it was a when, while ago. <laughs> right after the first season of Mine. It was, out. yeah. It was just funny. I was going through doing some updating on some older episodes and I heard came across that one and was like, oh yeah, we did do we that. Did. Yeah, sometimes I have to go back into our archives and be like, I don't remember if I did this already. I know. Um, we really need to just like make an Excel sheet that well, we mean, could like quick we search. We have all of our notes saved, but it's like... Um, am I really going to go through all those? No. 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 <laughs> so, Mindhunter Season 2, long awaited, highly anticipated. Yes, um, I, it was a long wait. Yes. And I, I enjoyed it. The premise of Season 2 mainly surrounds the Atlanta child murders with a little bit more of the BTK storyline. long tease, baby. Yeah. Oh, my God. The longest tease, because still, the BTK storyline does not come to fruition in right. Season but they're 2 yet. Keeping, they're keeping on track with the actual, yeah. literal, chronological time period. <laughs> right, right. Um, but a lot of the action kind of surrounds the Atlanta child murders and mm-hmm. Wayne Williams. Yep. If you don't know about that, that's a really interesting one as well because mm-hmm. I know at the at, I think in the last episode they say even in 2018 like he they still haven't gotten really any they just reopened it yeah yeah well and I think <laughs> I think that's due in part to Atlanta Monster coming out oh yeah um, which a is a podcast that, yeah. about the Atlanta child murders a lot of looks back at it yeah being like this doesn't sound legit yeah and i thought it was interesting because they do some acknowledgement of that on the show like it's mm-hmm. pretty clear that they didn't necessarily have all the evidence they needed to pick him up no. and even the crazy shit that happens like him holding the news conference and it's not like mm-hmm. that all happened oh yeah uh, it was very 
bizarre. Very sensational and weird. And he was definitely trying to take um, the upper hand and, yeah. and make the narrative his own. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Um, and the, the actor they got to play him was like, dead on like they a dead on ringer a fucking amazing job with the portrayals of the serial killers manson was amazing yes yeah so along with um obviously wayne williams and we do see ed kemper or um not ed kemper what's the other ed wasn't it the other ed what other ed <laughs> maybe it is ed kemper come <laughs> like, up again kemper, this season yeah. yeah ed kemper again who was cast <laughs> like, amazingly in season one same one I, oh, gosh, um yeah. the other there's another ed isn't there i can't think of it off the top of my head if there is or anyway not sensational enough for me to remember no no <laughs> um charles manson we see and they also do uh tex who was part of the manson family, family. who else there was the the interview had- with the son of Sam, David Berkowitz. Mm-hmm. They, oh, you that could was tell good. They did he, some face stuff for, to him because the yeah. chin was like that was that was makeup. But and, that was still like was uh, his still voice good. was spot on. Though. Yeah, yeah. And then they they teased some other stuff. They did some smaller um, serial killers too that I'm not too familiar with. Some of those yeah. interviews, but yeah, they did a really great yeah. job. William Junior Pierce um, was one. Um, Charles Manson, Tex Watson, Paul Bateson. Mm-hmm. That was one. Um, they also have this interesting side story with Tench, uh, mm-hmm. one of the FBI investigators, where his son is actually sort of involved in this murder of another child in their neighborhood. Now, there's been a lot of speculation as to whether that's like, is this an actual thing that happened or is this Mm -hmm. based on like another serial killer's experience as a young child? Um, The answer is not really specifically, at least for that FBI agent. Like he didn't really have a child that was involved in this kind of murder. I think they're trying to, um, because he's in the behavioral science unit Mm -hmm. and they're trying to discover like, the nature versus nurture how does that affect someone um how does your upbringing whether you're adopted or you're in your natural family how does that affect your outcome of becoming a serial killer yeah so everything he's learning up until now like you're just born this way and you know if you're beaten or whatever you're going to become a serial killer but we all know how complicated yeah psychology well, is. and it's a huge character development for him too because he does definitely change in oh, yeah. season two and kind of the way he pictures these people that he's interviewing and and treats some of the cases changes so overall very good season did you see the little john wayne gacy nod in there too i did yeah uh, i was like please <laughs> let that happen next season please um we'll see. <laughs> i know i'm very i'm already like ready for season i three. can't wait for them to fully unload the btk i know oh my god i can't wait for him to get send in that fucking floppy disk and for it to just oh i know for some reason, I saw, and don't quote me on this, it could be wrong, but I feel like I saw that season three is going to be the final season. Oh, I don't know. I didn't um, look into it. And I'm kind of like, oh, no. Cause it's, but also, it's like, you could go on forever, and how much oh, would yeah. it be played out? You know what I mean? <laughs> so, yeah. And if especially they can if wrap it in a neat package, then I'll yes. be happy. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. No Game of Thrones ending in here, boys. Yeah. No Sopranos just fucking fade to black. Yeah. <laughs> oh, man. So, yeah, check out season two of Mindhunter. Watch season one if you haven't already. But, my God, if you haven't, yes. come on. Jump on the bandwagon. Do it. It's a, it's a wild ride. <laughs> it's very comfortable up here. It is, yeah. So, Janelle. 
So, Vicky, do you want to tell us what we're talking about today? Oh, sure. Oh, sure. I was trying to find something fun. This was pretty <laughs> fun, but fun also murder, but not equally really creepy. Oh, yes. I was going for extreme creepiness. I wanted to kind of step away a little bit from gore. I don't know if yours is gory. No, it's not. Mine's not at all. No. Mine's very, I almost like, went thriller. that direction, but I opted not to. Yeah, so I decided to do uh, an episode about some peeping toms. I always feel like somebody's watching me. I can't get no privacy. That's my favorite part. Uh, I was actually kind of surprised you went for this topic because I know this is not one of your favorite things to think about. Oh my god. I constantly feel like I'm being watched. I constantly feel like someone's in my home. Um, You know? I do know. Do you know know know. that feeling? Yes. Somebody's watching me. It's me. Um, yes, right now. Because <laughs> we're face to face. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I decided to do Peeping Toms. And um, mine's going to be very suspenseful. Let's do it. So hold on to your chair. Because you're probably going to cry. You know? Oh, I hope <laughs> not. I, I haven't wearing... actually cried on the podcast yet. I hope that never happens. I hope you're wearing an adult diaper. It's not pretty. Oh. <laughs> oh. <laughs> <laughs> It's fine. <laughs> this is like, we're moving studios, so it's okay if we leave a mess here? No? No? I'm not. No. I mean, I still kind of don't want to pee on Tiff's floor. Just saying. Cool. <laughs> You're a good friend. Yeah. I got you, girl. Okay. So I'm going to read you a description of some real estate and see if you're interested. Right. Okay. I'm okay. in the market. Perfect. <laughs> For a good house? Yes. Apartment? A home. Okay. A cozy home. Okay. All right. Looking for a home? Well, let me tell you about a fabulous property available to move in right now. Please do. This six-bedroom, four-bath, colonial-style home was built in 1905. It was remodeled in 2014 and again in 2017. You should be a real estate. You should be a real estate agent. (laughs) Thank you. Some of the fabulous amenities include several fireplaces, lead glass windows, coffered ceilings. Is lead glass windows safe? It is. Okay. Yeah. Um, I have lead glass windows in my house. It's like stained glass. Okay, gotcha. A large master suite, two porches, wood floors, a finished basement, a state-of-the-art security system, and an anonymous person stalking you from your very own yard. Oh. (laughs) This beautiful Westfield, New Jersey watcher house could be all yours. Act now. You know, you had me right up until the end there. The part about... The the part about the... No, no, it was the finished basement. I don't want to fish. No, I'm kidding. Finished basement. (laughs) It's like I purposefully put it in that order because it's like, oh, all these beautiful things. Finished basement. Sure. Okay. Okay. Yes. And a stalker. Okay. It all makes sense. (laughs) Which I love. It's like great security system. Also stalker. Also stalker. (laughs) Um, I'm sure you've probably heard the term the watcher house before. I actually don't think that I have. Oh, my God. I know. Where have you been? (laughs) working at the moment this has been a sensational story um since 2014 it's kind of come up again and again and again uh there's a really shitty horror movie about it <laughs> called yeah, I, the watcher i really don't think that i know about this oh my god i'm so all. excited to tell you yeah. this horrible fucking story <laughs> i'm excited to hear about this awesome so that beautiful home was the home that Derek and Maria Brodus were on the hunt for okay. in 2014. Um, they came upon a listing very similar to that. I did pull some of the lines from there from the description of the listing from 2014. 
that's what they were looking for. They were looking for a beautiful, spacious home to raise their family in. They wanted to settle down in a neighborhood that was close to where uh, Maria's family was, which was very nearby. Okay. So they came upon that property at 657 Boulevard in Westfield, New Jersey, and they were like, this is it. This is our dream home. So in June of 2014, the family started to kind of slowly move in. They didn't want to get everything in there before they had done some updates, so they were kind of painting and replacing things. And about three days later, a very, very strange thing started happening. Before they even began to get furniture in the house, letters began to arrive in the mailbox. Okay. Right? <laughs> so they didn't even, I, which they I'm even assuming, change their address yeah, yet. Yeah, you know? I'm assuming they haven't even had a chance because it's not mm. like they're... If you're not there full-time, obviously there's no point in having your mail sent there. Exactly. Yeah. So they're like, okay. A large envelope arrived uh, on the fourth day, and it was addressed to new owner but left no information on the envelope, and that was it. That- <laughs> Okay. <laughs> That's like not sketch at all. Not even a little. Right. I, I love mean, that it's too new owner. Like it's not even their Yeah, they didn't even name. take the time to like figure out who their name was. Uh, so I'm going to read you some some of this letter. Just a, oh, I'm just so excited. Okay. 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 Dearest new neighbor at 657 Boulevard, allow me to welcome you to the neighborhood. Okay. All right. So this seems super harmless. I'll be from like strange. Maybe from like an HOA. I would look at that and think it's from like an HOA or something. Right? Yeah. Like, you know, just welcome to the neighborhood. Yeah. I'm the neighborhood watch person. <laughs> I'm I'm watching you. Okay. Um, but they were like, no signature, no information, not a group or organization. It was very weird. Okay. So um, that's not the weirdest part of this letter. It continues. All right. <clears throat> I'm going to try to do my best creepy voice. Oh, God. Okay. How did you end up here? Uh Did 657 Boulevard call to you with its force within? 657 Boulevard has been the subject of my family for decades now. And as it approaches its 110th birthday, (laughs) I have been put in charge of watching and waiting for its second coming. Okay. <laughs> All right. Cool it. This is a little extra. Hold up. I'm not done. My grandfather watched the house in the 1920s, my father in the 1960s, and now it is my time. Do you know the history of the house? Do you know what lies within the walls of 657 Boulevard? Why are you here? I will find out. Oh my god. Okay. <laughs> Hold on. There's oh more. God. I'm going to be reading you a lot of letters today. This so, is very like um 1940s radio drama. <laughs> yes. I've been listening, you know, it's funny cuz I've been listening to a lot of like fictionalized podcasts mm-hmm. and there is one uh called Deadly Manners. It's got RuPaul in it, by the way. It's very good. But it's also done in the same kind of like 50s, like creepy, weird radio show. Yeah. I only, like, I used to listen to radio shows with my grandmother, but I only listened to the happy ones, like The Adventures of Cinnamon. Then how are you so good at that voice? (laughs) (laughs) It's just ingrained in me to have a 1940s born with talky voice. So the letter continues. It's very long, and I apologize. I'm sorry. I will stop interrupting and let you read the letter. I apologize because it's it's long, and that's not the only letter. So I will try not to Buckle interrupt. Up. I just have a lot of commentary. Like okay. what the fuck? You can you can comment. <laughs> um, it's gonna be hard for me to hold that voice for this long, but it's okay. fine. Okay. <clears throat> <laughs> 
657 Boulevard is anxious for you to move in. It has been years and years since the young blood ruled the hallways of the house. Have you found all the secrets it holds yet? I just moved in. (laughs) No, I haven't. Will the young blood play in the basement? Or are they too afraid to go down there alone? I would be very afraid if I were them. It is far away from the rest of the house. If you were upstairs, you would never hear them scream. (laughs) Will they sleep in the attic? Or will you all sleep on the second floor? Who has the bedrooms facing the street? I'll know as soon as you move in. It will help me to know who is in which bedroom. Then I can plan better. All of the windows and doors in 657 Boulevard allow me to watch you and track you as you move through the house. Who am I? I am the Watcher, and have been in control of 657 Boulevard for the better part of two decades now. Oh my god. The Woods family turned it over to you. It was their time to move on, and kindly sold it when I asked them to. Doubt it. (laughs) I pass by many times a day. 657 Boulevard is my job, my life, my obsession. And now you are too, Bradis family. Welcome to the product of your greed. Greed is what brought you to the past three families, 657 Boulevard, and now it has brought you to me. Have a happy moving in day. You know I will be watching. (laughs) Oh my god. So first of all, you know who these people are. Why couldn't you say hi, Brad's family in the beginning of the letter? First of all. He spelled it wrong. That's not their last name. It's Brodus. (laughs) But it's it's pretty close. It's close. But I love that it's like towards the end, but I'm sure it's for dramatic effect, right? Oh yeah. Second of all, if this is your life, then why don't you buy the house? Right? Exactly. Watch it from within the walls. Right? Maybe. I'm sure it's not as fun, but at least you wouldn't have to creep out these people. And third of all, was Youngblood like a reference to children? Do they have... Yes. You said they had kids and stuff, right? Okay. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Fucking weird. It's very, very weird. There's part of me that's like, um, if this is like a big plot to... I don't know. I don't know. That's just it's just so weird. So strange. It's so so weird. That is just one of the many of a slew of letters to become um just popping up on a regular basis in their mailbox. Um, oh my god. As time went on though, they did get a lot lot more strange, which I don't know how, but they got more strange and they became increasingly He's been violent. doing this for decades. You know, he knows how to get stranger and stranger. Yeah, so it got like 0 to 10 violent. Damn. Um yeah. <laughs> the consequent letters included very very detailed information about the family, like the specific cars they drove, their schedules, the names of each person. So the watcher was in fact fucking watching them. Right. Um I'm going to read a couple more eg- excerpts of, of another letter just so you can kind of hear the weird stuff that starts to happen and the violence that starts to incur. I'm so ready. <clears throat> oh, that was hot. <laughs> Reliving my theater days. <laughs> I see already that you have flooded 657 Boulevard with contractors so that you can destroy the house as it was supposed to be. Tisk, 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 bad move. You don't want to make 657 Boulevard unhappy. So the house is alive. It is. Okay. It is breathing. All right. You have children. I have seen them. So far, I think there are three that I have counted. Are there more on the way? That's that's really none of your business. <laughs> yeah. These are from different letters, too, just so you know. Okay. 
Uh, do you need to fill the house with young the, the young blood I've requested? Better for me. Was your old house too small for the growing family? Or was it greed to bring me your children? Once I know their names, I will call to them and draw them to me. Slender Man. Right? It's Slender Man, right? It's, it's very Slender Man. <laughs> Who am I? There are hundreds and hundreds of cars that drive by 657 Boulevard each day. Maybe I'm in one. Look at all the windows you can see from 657 Boulevard. Maybe I'm in one. Look out any of the many windows in 657 Boulevard at all the people who stroll by each day. Maybe I am one. Welcome, my friends. Welcome. Let the party begin. And that one was actually signed. The Watcher. Oh, the only God. one to be signed. Okay. So the last letter that was sent... Uh, the father, Derek, kind of went into a tailspin and immediately, upon reading the letter, started to search his property in a frenzy. This, the last little ex- excerpt I, I read that was signed The Watcher, that was the letter that he received that was like, made him go into a panic. Because it listed all these things, like, people walk by your house every day. You can yeah. see all the homes surrounded by you and all the cars that drive by this busy fucking street. You'll never find out who I am, is basically what he read from that letter. Yeah, yeah. So... It was then that they kind of determined that they needed to to get out of the house. They needed to do something. Now, I went back into the public property records that I could obtain, that I could find information, because I wanted to learn more about the house and mm-hmm. why, like, was this happening anywhere else? Really, was there more than one person watching it? Was his great-grandfather and his grandfather and his father and all that shit? Mm-hmm. So the house itself was built in 1905, and according to deeds obtained by uh, a newspaper in New Jersey called The Leader... Uh, it was owned by the Woodses from 1990 to 2014. And if you remember in the first letter, he mentioned the Woods family. Yeah. Prior to that, the home was owned by Seth and Floyd Bakes. What a name. Um, from 1963 <laughs> to 1990. Um, and then before that, Lawrence and Mary Holmes Schaefer from 1955 to 1963. So we okay. see the house being inhabited for long periods of time by people. So I don't think that there was really a watcher from yeah you definitely would think there'd be more turnover unless it was the and this is entirely possibly not true in fact probably not true (laughs) but let's go on the assumption that there was Uh for all that time a watcher on that house they may it's entirely possible that if there was somebody watching that they didn't actually make contact with the people that they were watching in the house yeah most people who peep don't Want no. you to know that they're peeping on you. <laughs> no, no. So <laughs> unless you're weird enough to want recognition for your peeping, yeah, but <laughs> who knows? So um, beyond that little tip of information that you can find in property records, all property records are public. You can look the shit up. Mm-hmm. You just have to be very specific with the plot and the deed information, um, which you can find on Zillow or Truly. So yeah, go for yeah. It. <laughs> um, beyond that, there's lots and lots of speculation about the home possession before the 1950s. So the actual like dates that it was built and all the information before 1950 is very difficult to find most of those uh, records i don't believe have been digitized yet which is pretty common my home records for my house i also had issues just because they hadn't been updated to correct okay Um, and i do believe that there is a typo on my home record because it says it was built in 1901 in most places but then there's two records i found where it said it was built in 1910 oh so there's a little bit of speculation about when my house was built um as with this house do you have a watcher too 
I don't know. Do you I wish know I if you do? <laughs> Maybe you do. I look out the window all the time, and I am the watcher. You are the watcher on, on your street. block. Yeah. <laughs> I look out the window, and I see my fucking neighbor looking at me doing the dishes. So <laughs> You fucking creep, you know? No, she's a creep. <laughs> she will literally stand in her yard at her mailbox and look at me. Oh. It's very unsettling. Come on, old lady. She's just a nosy middle-aged woman. Oh, yes. Though, so. No oh harm. yeah we got a lot of those around here <laughs> oh yes we do midwest hey um yeah so if you want to learn more about records and stuff like this it's a good idea to go physically to the offices that you can to obtain the records you can search through like literal ledgers microfilms property records uh that's how i was able to obtain the information about my farmhouse um going to an actual office and looking through ledgers for this I I think that it really was built in 1905. There you there's so many conspiracy theories about the house before 1950. Oh, I'm sure. There's a whole article that I read which I'm pretty sure is not even close to being legitimate. Uh, where someone said that they went back and did all of the you know research to figure out the history of the home and oh there's all these mysterious people selling the home for a dollar pre 1950s to another family and oh there was a man who built it and he wound up killing himself. I, it, it all seems very very false. It's like your stand. <laughs> it's like your standard setup for a haunting story. Exactly. That it's is very, probably not true. Very Amityville horror vibes. Yeah. The yeah. home even gives you like if you see pictures of it, a little mm-hmm. bit of Amityville horror vibes, definitely. Okay. But if you are to research the Watcher House, just know that there's a lot of information out there that is false. A lot. Fair enough. So if you want to figure it out, do your due diligence and actually go look up the physical fucking records. Don't take someone's word on it because most of it is malarkey stories. Yeah. Also, records <laughs> are sometimes kind of fun to read. Mm-hmm. Just personally speaking. Definitely. I was able to obtain a lot of records because we're in Illinois. Yeah. And this is in New Jersey. So sometimes it's difficult to do cross-state uh, searches like that. Mm-hmm. But I was able to obtain a lot from Zillow, uh, a lawsuit that was public record. Yeah, yeah. A bunch of property records. So you can do it. Yeah. You just have to do a little digging. Right, Yeah. Uh, speaking of the lawsuit, oh, uh, so they moved in in 2014, and then all this shit happened. And in 2015, the, a lawsuit was brought against the former owners, the Woodses, stating that they did not mention the issue when someone was watching the home, and they failed to report it when the home was being sold. Now, the Woodses claimed that they received one letter only in the entire time that they lived there, mm-hmm. and they deemed it not threatening, so they didn't go to the police or anything like that. Yeah. The lawsuit went to court. However, in October of 2017, the judge threw it out and he stated his reasoning below, which uh, we will link the the article to. The complaint would have put a burden on future sellers to speculate about what they need to disclose to buyers. Since the Woodses, who lived in the home for 23 years, received just one letter from the apparent stalker, long-time owners would have to consider disclosing one-time issues with a neighbor such as a loud party. Yeah. So, basically, what the judge was saying is that the Woodses only ever received one letter, they deemed it not threatening, and they never received anything ever again. If you had to disclose every one-time event that happened right. in your house, you're putting the burden of all of that information and proving it and giving it to the new owners. Yeah. Now, Speculative. if it was like a 
that one time somebody got murdered in the house, that's different. that would be a different story. But You're yeah, supposed to dec- disclose any violent activity, but because it was deemed non-threatening, yeah, um, and it was one letter. They were yeah. like, whatever. Right, it's just right. Some weird person or a kid playing a prank. It's yeah. not a big deal. Yeah. So the Brodises moved out officially during the that time that the lawsuit was occurring between 2015 um, and 2016. After several failed attempts to sell the home, they began renting the property out. Okay. They were like, we can't sell it, but we'll try and rent it. And it was okay. It was pretty successful. In 2017, their renter received a letter from the watcher, which listed various forms of revenge that could happen to them, including a car accident, a fire, or even a loved one suddenly dying. Oh, God. So that's not great. This was the only letter that was ever received by the renter, um, and there are no other records relating to the renter. So mm-hmm. um, I wasn't able to go into deeper information about that. But I think the watcher kind of realized that that wasn't the person who owned the home. <laughs> they were yeah. like, "Oh, yeah, watching the wrong person." Oops, sorry. <laughs> yes. So. According to some information that I was able to obtain, they actually just sold this home this year. Wow. Officially. Okay. It was And they left sold. in... In, in 2016, okay. and it's been being rented since. Okay. Now, according to a copy of a deed that was filed at the Union County Clerk's Office, which um, became public record because NBC News New York like posted the information, it was like a big headline that this house sold this year. Yeah. The home was sold on July 1st, 2019. The real estate agent Beth Sullivan of Coldwell Banker Residential Brokerage confirmed the purchase, and she was like, yes, it was sold. Um, But the new homeowners don't want to be listed. They want to remain anonymous, and they have no comment at this time. Uh, For obvious reasons, I'm sure. So uh, (laughs) Zillow reported that the house was sold for $959,000, which was a huge loss because they bought it for over a million. Jeez. Yeah. Um, you can look up the Watcher House and see some photos. It does really look like the Amityville Horror House. Yeah. Um, and there's a lot of really great information that the husband uh, put out. If you <laughs> if you go on Twitter, he has a Twitter account. and The Watcher? He, no. Oh, sorry. The, the, the owner. Okay. Previous owner, I was like, Brodus's. oh. <laughs> no, no. The Brodus's. Um And... Derek Brodus has commented on several people's Twitters if they've mentioned the articles or the Watcher. Yeah. And it's pretty hilarious. Really? He's made some comments. Um, there was one that I read that was a woman who's like, I cannot believe that somebody is watching this house. The Watcher house is legit fearful. And he comments below. He's like, you're telling me. Ah. <laughs> so at least I mean, he has like... In hindsight, a little bit of a sense of humor. I couldn't humor help but it. thinking, like, when you were talking about them trying to sell the house, had they not been getting letters that were, like, threatening if they were just like, I'm watching you, I was like, you could totally turn that into, like, a themed Airbnb. And oh, people definitely. would stay the fuck out of that. Like, they would stay in that house so much. Like, oh, yeah making bank man yeah so they were able to sell the house nothing ever happened that was violent um there's no letters that have been being sent recently okay uh the new owners again don't want to list their names or right anything like the owner anonymous um so we'll have to wait and see to see if the watcher pops up again with maybe this they new died. family i don't know maybe they sought the mental health 
that they needed. That could be it. Too. <laughs> Maybe they went to a doctor and got the help. Sorry, I just jumped immediately needed. to. I think they're dead. Um, or maybe they were caught because they were probably watching several houses. Oh my god, can you imagine? <laughs> and only sending letters to the one. Yeah, because I would like to think that if there were like if there were other people in the same neighborhood that were also getting these letters, obviously this garnered a little bit of publicity. Oh, so definitely. like, I'm sure people would have come forward and been like, actually, I've been getting letters like that also, and I live mm-hmm. two houses down from the Watcher House. Yeah, you know? there's a lot of people who have covered the story, uh, lots and lots of news articles. So if you put in the Watcher House, you will find so much information. But like I said, if you're interested in learning more, sift through the info. Yeah, for sure. Um, there is like don't go on reddit <laughs> don't go on all those fun you know because it's fun to hear the conspiracy theories but yeah. all of those are literally just theories right there's no actual information that's been founded by the um you know the history of the house pre-1950s mm-hmm. all of that stuff is all hearsay mm-hmm. so just take a lot of it with a grain of salt uh i went into a lot of the property records and newspaper articles and interviews with the family that's where you're going to find the legitimate information yeah yeah because of the sensationality of this and because there was a fucking movie made about it mm-hmm. um there's a lot of speculation so just take that into consideration it's a fun kitschy story that really lends itself to a horror movie oh for sure definitely totally totally um but Again, there's also speculation that the letters were faked, that the family was just looking for publicity. Yeah. Um, but I don't really think that's true because they took Why would they sell the house at a loss? They took a hit. Yeah. Like tens of thousands of dollars they lost on this house. Yeah. That doesn't make sense. So. Oh my God. That is the watcher. Lucky Land Casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car, before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on Chumbacasino.com. I looked over at the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. VGW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Well, that was fun. I mean, sure. <laughs> I no, I had really not heard of that story, so That's that was so weird. that was really I cool. For yeah, sure, you'd be like, I know this. Story. No, no. Oh my gosh. And admittedly, stuff like this isn't necessarily. I mean, even if it does garner a lot of publicity, it's not necessarily on the national radar all the time. And Mm -hmm. I think that's, at least for me, the same case with the story that I'm going to be talking about today. This is not, again, one that I was aware of at all. Yeah. Peeping Tom cases are weird. Yeah. Um, Unless you live in the immediate area, most of the time it doesn't become news of any sort. Like, The Watcher was the first one that I ever saw. Mm -hmm. And then... um, 
some of the Golden State Killer stuff. Yeah. Really. That yeah. He started out as a, a prowler. So. Right. As so many of them do. Yes. Um, so I want to talk about Rabbi Barry Frendel. Now, you tell, have you heard about this one at all? No, but he's a rabbi. He's a rabbi. <laughs> well, that's he was previously a rabbi. A level of creepiness. <laughs> oh, just wait. <laughs> it's going to get real creepo up in here. Awesome. So he was previously the rabbi of Kesher Israel Congregation in Washington, D.C., I'm going to apologize in, in advance because I am not Jewish. Cool. So if I do horrible pronunciations of some of these We're things, trying, I'm going to apologize in advance. Sweet. Now. Blanket covering. Um, so he was seen by the general public as this kind of like well-spoken leader of the Jewish community, somebody who was well-versed in many aspects of Jewish law and serviced a congregation that included various members of Congress and cabinet members. And actually, it also included the first Jewish, Jewish vice presidential candidate. So okay. somebody with a little bit of status, not a little bit is an understatement. He had a lot of status within mm-hmm. the Jewish community. Definitely. And all of these accolades were helped by his educational background, which included a double major in physics and chemistry, a master master's in Talmudic studies, his we'll say being ordained. It's like the equivalent of being I cannot pronounce that word for the life of me. So it's gonna be being ordained as a rabbi, essentially. Sikika? Yeah. That sounded sure. that sounded good. Um, <laughs> he was ordained from Rabbi Isaac Elkanan uh, theological Seminary and nice. he received a PhD from Baltimore Hebrew University. Okay. So learned. Very much so. Um, once into his professional life, Frendel traveled the lecturing circuit and held various adjunct positions, including instructor at the University of Maryland, professor of law at Georgetown University. That's a um, big one. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> he also served on various boards that had great sounding causes, like being a consultant to the Ethics Review Board of the National Institute of Aging of the National Institutes of Health. Okay. <laughs> right. What it do sounds... they do at the National Institute of Aging? I don't know. Age? Complain about their body aches? Shh, maybe. <laughs> um, oh, my back. <laughs> yeah, I'm not sure. Yeah. Again, it's one of those things that sounds like a great cause. <laughs> sure. Interestingly enough, even with all of this public uh, involvement that he had, Frendel wasn't exactly this like warm and fuzzy type of guy. And it's best illustrated in an article that I found by Allison Kaplan Sommer for Haritz. Sommer interviewed various current and former members of the Kesher congregation um, to kind of get a read on the reactions to the scandal that we will be talking about Mm -hmm. in a minute. But this particular passage from that article sums up most of the feelings pretty succinctly. Quote, Frendel was not beloved. He was respected, but mostly he was feared. Numerous current and former congregants and fellow rabbis I spoke with on the phone and communicated with on email painted a picture of a powerful man who nursed vendettas, held grudges, and punished those who crossed him. Doesn't sound very holy. No, no. The description of one former congregant offered sounded like a rabbinical version of the wily and vengeful politician Frank Underwood from the popular Netflix series set in Washington, House of Cards, end quote. But it really does kind of sum up like 
he there's a very like clear distinction between like being a loved member of the community Mm -hmm. and being respected definitely and a lot of people felt as though he like i said he wasn't the warm and fuzzy type especially to converts which is what we'll see a little bit later for whatever reason there were a lot of people who would come into his synagogue work with him and then leave to go to another congregation because they were just so put off by the way that he treated them according to an affidavit used to issue a search warrant on october 14th 2014 the Metropolitan Metropolitan Police Department in D.C. received a call regarding a criminal assault. The dispatched officers went out to interview the person, which in the affidavit is referred to as W1, um, which I'm assuming means witness one. Mm -hmm. But when I say W1, that's what I'm talking about. Um, They told police that they were, quote, responsible for, among other things, setting up the changing area and showers in a room that is adjacent to a mikvah, which is a Jewish ritual bath used for Jewish ceremonies, including conversions, cleansing rituals by women, etc., at a Jewish synagogue. End quote. W1 then said that they witnessed Rabbi Barry Frendel setting up a clock on a sink inside of the changing room next to the showers. Thinking that it was a little weird, W1 told Frendel that there was already a clock on the wall in the changing area. To which Frendel replied that the clock would help with the ventilation in the showers. What? Yeah. It's a self-ventilating clock. Doesn't even fucking make sense. Does he not understand what the word ventilation means? In this context, apparently not. No. Yes. Um, a couple of days later, the clock was gone. The clock then reappeared a day or two after that in the same spot that it had been on the sink next to the showers in the changing area. Mm-hmm. W1, trying to do their job properly and keep inventory of everything that was in the mikvah, took the clock and noticed that there was what appeared to be a video camera with an SD card slot. Mm -hmm. W1 immediately turned this camera slash clock to the police. Um, And authorities did an interview with W1 who told them that the clock had been at an angle to face where people would disrobe and enter the showers. Super creepo vibes. Yeah. Upon further investigation of the clock, police found an eight gigabyte SD card, which they promptly searched and found. (laughs) Yeah. um, They found more than 100 deleted files that dated back to February of 2014. They also found a couple videos of two different women undressing in the shower room, both of which had been um, renamed at some point using an Apple computer. Which sounds like just a weird fact, but they need that to apply for warrants later. Mm-hmm. Frendel himself was shown adjusting the angle of the camera, like, you know, <laughs> where he's like reaching out. You see his face mm-hmm. like, is this right? Is this it? Yeah. Got himself on camera. Idiot. Which is almost just as bad as keeping a journal. Just saying. Mm-hmm. They also had him on camera carrying an iPhone and a black bag and then at various times adjusting the camera. Um, <laughs> Not a good enough angle. You really get the light of the shower in there. <laughs> you know, somebody could, like, knock it. And I don't know. So once an hour, just go and check on the angle of the camera. Make sure everything's all good. 
weird weird it makes me want to like everywhere that i am just like check everything for oh my gosh when i moved into my house i literally checked every vent i'm not kidding because my house was a rental before i bought it oh my god and i'm like um everyone who's a landlord is a pervert (laughs) god it's so So i checked every vent in my house (laughs) yeah um so based on all of this police received a warrant to search Frendel's home for, quote, any and all digital devices capable of backing up computer memory cards, computers, digital storage devices, cameras, Apple iPhones, a black carry bag, and evidence of purchase of all electronic devices, including recording devices. So they were just like, listen, (laughs) we got you. (laughs) We need all of your electronics stat. So... Police went to his residence and after issuing the warrant, arrested Frendel and searched his home, removing, get ready for this. Oh, God, I'm not ready. I see the list. Yeah, there's a couple of these lists in oh here. So, God. yeah, six external hard drives, seven laptops, five desktop computers, three cameras, 20 memory cards Ooh. and 11 flash drives. That's like decades. Like decades of information he's holding on to. He was brought to court and charged. <laughs> I yes. hope so. Yeah, right. I fucking hope so too. Um, he was brought to court and charged with six counts of voyeurism, which it needs to be named something differently, <laughs> like something. For I know. Sure. Well, and six counts of being a fucking creep. <laughs> And as I was looking into this charge of voyeurism, one, it's not something that every state has necessarily mm-hmm. because sometimes it's wrapped into privacy laws. And like, even in the states that do have it, getting specifically a voyeurism charge has like different requirements than like a personal privacy charge. It's, yeah. it's a really interesting section of the law. But with these six counts of voyeurism, it was a sentence that carried six years in prison. To which at the time, (laughs) one one year free, right? Uh, To which Frendel pleaded not guilty, and then he was released on his own recognizance. The synagogue, yes. Well, he was a first-time non-offender for a non-violent crime. Yes. That's a pattern of behavior, obviously. Oh, just wait. Just wait. I can't. You, wait. I think you're. I think you're going to get real bad at the end of this one. I'm and I'm already sorry. mad. <laughs> More mad. I'm already always angry. It's true. It's true. Uh, the synagogue was seemingly quick to respond by suspending him without pay. Thank goodness. Um, <laughs> you know, I'm surprised by that. Are you? Yep. <laughs> well, they also fully cooperated with the investigation, and there was like a, a no contact order put out for mm-hmm. Frendel by the courts that were like, you cannot have any contact with the synagogue with the mitzvah. Like you can't do I any sure of that. I thought it would be like suspended but we're still going to give you money, you know. <laughs> yeah, yeah. No. Suspended with <laughs> suspended without pay, which Good. will turn out to be a good decision. Deserved. Um, can't buy take like eight more laptops and six more external hard drives. Oh, just wait. <laughs> oh no, you <he> did. <laughs> <laughs> After several female students came forward, police oh, also Lord. went to search um, the office of the rabbi that he had at Townsend University mm. that turned up some really interesting things. According to a warrant issued for a search of the office, this is what police took out of there. Again, oh, long God. list. <laughs> a freezer bag containing multiple SD cards. Was it in a freezer, though? I doubt it. <laughs> it's probably just storage. <laughs> that would be extreme. Um, also, it might damage the SD cards. I don't no, know. No. I don't know how that works. Um, batteries and charging cables. 
remote controls, instruction pamphlets, which I always, I, as I'm reading through this list, I was like, I wonder what those were all about. Or I if mean, they're like... How to connect together well, eight laptops. Well, part of me wonders if instruction pamphlets are like instructions on how to set up your camera or like, mm-hmm. you know what I mean? That comes with it. Live stream of video. Maybe, yeah. <laughs> Two external hard drives. Two flash drives, a tissue camera, another clock camera, a computer charger camera, (laughs) as in it looks like a computer charger, but is actually a camera. Oh man, the spy store must, he must have a fucking account there. (laughs) An empty box for a car key camera. Sorry. <laughs> Which I'm like, yeah, I just imagine how? him like whipping out his keys like, oh, I'm just, I'm ready to go unlock the car. Oh, oops, I dropped a whole thing. What's that you <laughs> Why are you putting your oh, key God. in my face? <laughs> um, a photo of a nude woman. It only mentioned one. Just, just one It only mentioned one. Well, around. They were all on SD cards, cool. I'm sure. You just had to put one off. Um, just one friend. <laughs> A handwritten list of names, a laptop, and a couple of other things, which were like a desktop and some other random things. Mm-hmm. But like, apparently, he was keeping all of his that one new photo of cameras. Got me. Yeah, right. <laughs> really I included it because it was this weird. One's extra special. Yeah, because on the warrant of like the list of stuff that they pulled out, it literally is just like one nude photo of a woman. <laughs> like, okay, just the one. Yuck. <laughs> Authorities decided to inform the public that the voyeurism was going on, and they were asking women who thought that they may have been using the mikvah at the time, like the times that all of this was going on, to submit photos to the police so that they could try to. That's Id- so fucking creepy. It is only oh. kind of, but it was an attempt to identify, identify. the women that were yeah. there. Obviously, I don't think they were asking necessarily for nude photos. Oh, no, but I mean, still, like, can you, can you send us a picture of your face? So we can p- compare it to this nude video that yeah. we have to watch. Like, yeah, it's like oh, and it did. They did have quite a few people come forward um, in doing this. They were actually able to identify around 150 women um, on the how various. Much did they not tapes. identify? Well, that's the thing. Um, they think that there was many, many, many more people that's who didn't come forward because they the approach that they took in asking for help from the public rather than actively trying to identify the people on the tape. Mm-hmm that there were people that didn't come forward because they didn't want to, you know, they didn't want to be put through that situation for w- whatever reason. I mean, it could be... I mean, I imagine it's probably hard to identify because there's going to be a point where they're all going to start to look the same and there's no identifying marks. You're nude. Right. You can't have a tattoo and, and you know... Right. You <laughs> also have to think of this as this is in the Orthodox Jewish community yes. as well. So mm-hmm. I do feel like there would be quite a bit of shame for somebody. Also, lots of those women wear wigs. Right. Right. And, and hair coverings. Or hair, yeah, hair coverings. Yeah. So there's a lot of reasons why they they would be missing out on quite a few people. Of those identified, um, several dozen were outside of the statute of limitations to be prosecuted. Some of the women opted not to bring charges for whatever reason. Mm -hmm. And of the ones that Frendel would be held accountable for, they charged per victim rather than uh, per recording. Okay. So if there were multiple recordings of one victim, mm-hmm. they would combine them all into one charge. Okay. Which I thought was pretty generous. 
At the end of the day, um, the U.S. attorney opted to offer Frendel a plea deal to spare the victims the possibility of the recordings being introduced in court. Oh, my God. (laughs) Which I only half believe. I don't think they would do that. What? Introduce them into, the into court? No, they would probably do photo stills. Oh, of their faces. maybe. But the idea was is they didn't they didn't want the identities of the victims revealed in court because that would also leave them open to cross examination. Right. And they don't necessarily want to put victims through an entire trial like that. Yeah. Um, which I get. Again, part of me, I'm just like I only kind of half believe that because sometimes they do that in order not to prosecute cases. Mm-hmm. But. Let's just go with it in yeah, this case. Yeah, and I mean, case. if they were getting a pushback from the community itself, yeah, that could be also a whole other thing. Yeah, yeah. So it also seems pretty clear to me that Frendel could tell things were pretty clearly looking bad for him. <laughs> really? Um, <laughs> yeah, the investigation was bringing a lot of things to light, we'll say. Mm. Um, like all of the electronic recording devices he fucking owned? Yeah. Huh. All of the secret... All of the videos... The tissue box camera. Labeled not naked women. <laughs> not, not naked. Don't look not here. <laughs> totally clothed women. <laughs> oh, God. oh, my God. Um, so, he pleads guilty to 52 counts of voyeurism out of 150 victims yeah around 150 i think it was like 152 was the total count okay um but he pleads guilty to 52 of those during the following sentencing hearing frendel's attorney argued for a lenient sentence citing the public humiliation of the whole ordeal for the rabbi was enough punishment. Yeah, I don't think so. Right? I was like, oh, no. no. I no. Uh, no. no. Um, also pointing out, of course, that he further. was... <laughs> yeah. He, they pointed out that he was a first-time nonviolent offender and it was like, he's been humiliated in the public. It doesn't matter. Isn't this enough? That's, no, it's fucking it's not. It's a fucking pattern of behavior. Yeah. Evidently, with all of the different recording devices in different places. You need some help. Yeah. <laughs> uh, of course, the prosecuting attorney wanted far, far, far more than nothing. Oh, yeah, um, I mean, I would fucking yeah. so. Do they, your job. Thank you. They actually, they asked for 17 years okay, in jail. That's so bad. All in all, at the end of the day, Frendel received six and a half years in prison and a $13,000 fine. Okay. 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 Of course, he appealed his sentence saying that he should have been sentenced for a single videotaping and that the sentence he received, which was 45 days per victim... I'm sorry. I know. That's when you up. when you break it down like that, that's what it was. It was forty five days per victim, six and a half years. <laughs> this is this a joke? No. What's the punchline? <laughs> the punchline is that he felt like they should run concurrently, which would mean forty five days total. Yeah. You're high. <laughs> I know. Um, those were rejected. All those I, arguments, they I were denied. I'm so happy they were rejected because that is the dumbest shit I've ever heard. Denied not once, but twice. Um, and Rabbi Frendel is currently serving his sentence, although there was a teeny bit of news on this in April 2018. Uh, is he recording in prison? No. Ew. <laughs> oh. I mean... Would we know if he was? Exactly. If the camera looks like a tissue box? Wait, what can you have in your jail cell that would... Toothpaste? toothpaste yeah. <laughs> a toothpaste camera? <laughs> um, 
So in April of 2018, the victims of Friendle, you can sign up for notifications when if you're like a victim of a crime, you can sign up for notifications when the offender is going to be released or if there's like updates to parole hearings or whatever. Mm-hmm. So those that had signed up for these updates that were victims of Friendle got a notification of his release and it was a message saying that he was to be released four months later. Okay. 24, Shut the fuck up. <laughs> 24 hours. This is not four months in total. It would have, from April. So April, May, June, July, August. He would have been released in August of last mm-hmm. year. 24 hours later, um, the DOC retracted the message saying it was mistaken. Like, oops, that was an error. It was an accident. Oh, we typed in the wrong prisoner number? Like. It's, it's tight. Enti- you know what? And that's kind of the scary thing oh is like God. one wrong keystroke mm-hmm. and you are now sending victims into a spiral thinking yep. that the offender is getting out of jail. So that's great. Um, so he is still currently serving his sentence. He is his current track. He'll be released in 2021. Not long enough. <laughs> It's yeah, and this is four more years. years. And you know, I get the whole nonviolent first time offender thing, kind of. But like you said, this is a very clear pattern of behavior. Mm -hmm. I hope they are giving him help in jail and not just him being in jail, but that he's actually getting some sort of counseling because, like. Sexual deviancy. I know we're not. I don't want to paint it with a broad stroke, like no. brush here. But like no. sexual deviancy is a big indicator of larger issues. So there could be things that we don't even know about. He could have assaulted somebody. We don't, we don't know right. that, right? Um, and because of the community that he's from, we would probably never know that because there's a lot of uh, handling things like that internally and not going to the police, right? Which is why this entire thing is very surprising, Mm -hmm. um, because I would have thought that the immediate reaction would be to sweep it under the rug. Yeah. (laughs) And I'm very pleased to hear that he went to fucking prison. (laughs) Yeah. Well, and I think the fact that, because it does seem to me like the W1 in the warrants, um, when they discovered that there was a camera, they did go, it sounds to me like they went to police first before going to the church necessarily. Yeah. Which I think had a been done another way it might not have had the same outcome because there is a pattern of large uh bodies of organized religion um like you said trying to handle things internally Mm -hmm. versus I, uh, i watched a documentary about domestic violence within the orthodox jewish community so most of those women who you know go up to their rabbi or their religious organization that they're affiliated with um this took place in new york mm-hmm. they say my husband is beating me beating my children and they will just be like cool right he injures you yeah whatever and these, and these like, women <laughs> they didn't even know you had no idea mm-hmm. that this was happening which is almost scarier because it's yeah. like uh there anything can be like anything can be a camera Yep. Anything. Everything Literally. is on camera. Yes. A key. Your, your laptop's recording you. Other people are recording you. There's cameras in the streets. Like I definitely don't privacy. have... I should have probably have some tape over my webcam, but whatever. I think that my computer's just so old. I don't think it would work. Yeah, right? I don't... Yeah, just try and hack into this piece of Go shit. Ahead. No. It's slow as Please fuck. don't. <laughs> um, so, yeah. So, that was rabbi or former rabbi Barry Frendel if you're feeling the urge to peep (laughs) stop yourself stop yourself 
and listen to this podcast. Hi, I'm Ellen, and I'm scared we exist in the Matrix. I'm Jaslyn, and I'm bad at ad living. <laughs> and you're listening to High, High Expectations. Expectations, the promo. For our international listeners, you can appreciate our cute New Zealand accents. For our local listeners, you might bump into us in the street three times in the same hour. Our podcast is about pop culture, sexuality, relationships, interesting hobbies, banter, and ragging on each other. You can find us on Apple Podcasts, SoundCloud, Pocket Casts, Podcast Addict, or anywhere you might like to find podcasts. Yay! Please subscribe. Goodbye! Alright guys, that has been our show for today. Um, before we leave you this week, we have quite a few things to talk about. Um, First of all, you might have noticed a couple of different things with our podcast specifically. It's because we've made some changes. Mm -hmm. Um, Change is good, guys. Don't fear change. Change is good. Yeah. So we have decided to move over to Spreaker, which we are very excited about. Mm -hmm. And I think it's going to provide us some really good opportunities. Definitely. And we'll be available to listen to you on other platforms platforms too yes so with that transition we are now as you're listening to this right now right now right now um we are now currently available not only on itunes google play stitcher pocket casts we are also available on spotify on Castbox, yes and iHeartRadio. so we're all over the place guys yeah and i know there are a lot of people who like to use spotify like definitely a, a lot more than i thought i think <laughs> Yeah, and we are on, now that Google has made their own podcast thing, Mm -hmm. we're officially on Google Podcasts. I know there was like that whole weird thing with Google Play. I actually don't think that we had any issues on Google Podcasts. We've been on there this whole time. So, uh, because I know there were issues when we were on Google Play. Yeah, yeah. And when they switched, everything should be totally fine now. All of the podcasts should be good. So if you were a Google Play listener and you stopped... Go to Google Podcasts. Yes. It's, it's good. The app is a lot better <laughs> mm-hmm. than it used to be. Because that's yes. that's one that I actually use regularly on my phone. Yeah. I had a couple people complain when it we yeah. first started. and No, yeah, it's Google much Play better now. Good. <laughs> it's it's so much, much better, better now. <laughs> um, so we are really excited about the move. Um, and we do actually want to give a special shout out to Shay and Aaron from All yes. Friend No Cattle yeah. for their help with the transition. They're very, very supportive. Yes. They're and cheerleaders. Um, so also with that, we also want to say with the transition, there's been a couple of things that have been a little screwy, some things in episode descriptions and some stuff with the audio. We're working on getting it fixed and it's going to be getting fixed over the next couple of weeks, but everything, all of the audio, all of the research links, anything that you guys would need is all available at the bad taste So Please be patient with mm-hmm. us while we get everything worked out. It's a little bit of a process, and I am working insane hours right now. So, yeah, yeah. if you do notice anything that's really, really fucked up and screwy, oh, please yes. email us yes. at the Bad Taste Crime Cast at Gmail so that we can address it. Yes, um, we're going through everything individually, but you know we're only fucking human, and there's mm-hmm. only two of us, three of us. Yes, um, sometimes yeah. three. Yeah, <laughs> um, exactly. So if you're like, whoa, this doesn't sound fucking right, um, please let us know. Yes, please do. <laughs> um, so that's very exciting. Yes. <laughs> that's not It's not something we were necessarily expecting at this current moment in time, but I am very excited about it. It's a positive change, mm-hmm. um, and I think it's going to be positive for you guys, too. Yeah. 
yeah, our goal is to get our stories out to as many people as possible, and this will definitely help us yes. get to more people yeah. of a wider reach. Yeah. Speaking of reaching out to people, <laughs> let's talk about our events. Right now? Reach. Reaching out to you. Reach. My arms aren't long enough to reach across this long table. Really? <laughs> I know. It's surprising. I'm, I'm huge, but not that huge. Yes. We have amazing events coming up, you Yay. guys, to see us in the flesh. Yes. In all of our flesh. Got a lot of stuff yeah. going on in November this year. Yes. <laughs> all of a sudden. Mm-hmm. Um, so on November 24th, we are going to be at uh, Mr. Willie's Dark Art and Oddities Con um, at the Red Roof Inn in DeKalb from 11 to 7. Yes. The con's going on all weekend, um, but we are just going to be there for the 24th. We have a table. Come stop by. Chit chat. Meet us. Say hi. Look at all the other oddities stuff. It's all good. (laughs) There's going to be completely different vendors from day one to day two. So definitely worth coming for the whole weekend. Yeah. I don't think tickets are available just yet, but as soon as they go on sale, we will put out a link and let you guys know. Mm -hmm, Definitely. And um, hopefully we'll have something fun for you guys to interact with. I'm working on it. (laughs) Yes. We'll see. We'll see what I can cook up in enough time. Um, We should do like a... Uh, like a poll or something. Yeah, I uh, want to do okay. something fun. Okay, I, I got the ideas brewing now. Okay, mm-hmm. yeah. Um, we will be teasing another event in mm. November on the 16th of November. We will be doing an event in Rockford at the Nordloft Center in conjunction with Haunted Rockford again. Mm-hmm. Um, details are still being worked out about that, but it will involve a, a film screening and some some fun yeah. talks. So keep an eye on that. So when yeah. we have more information, I'm pretty you know. excited and. And Haunted Rockford is who we worked with for the Dead Guy Festival. Festival. Mm -hmm. Yeah, which was super fun. I'm really looking forward to working with them again. This should be really, really fun. It's going to be at night. It's going to be spooky and wonderful. Yeah. So I'm excited. Yes. <laughs> I might actually have to make an events page on the website. Yeah. We haven't done enough events for me to do it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and now all of a sudden it's like, we're doing stuff. I know. I was just like, when we sat down, I was like, I have an opportunity for us for next year. And I was like, it's next year. It's not this year. Oh, sorry, yeah, she, she had me where I was like, oh, fuck. Okay. But yeah. No, next year. Next so year. plan ahead. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And also, if there are places that are having events that you guys might want to see us, let us know because we yeah. don't always know what's going on and where. We're okay with doing some light Midwestern travel. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, we'll say, I'd say that. Yeah. You say light. I'm like, seven hours? That's fine. Yeah. That's pretty light. We got to drive seven yeah, hours if we anywhere. If can drive anyway. there comfortably, then I yeah. think we'll be okay. For sure. For sure. <laughs> um, what else? Is that it? I think that's I think it. That's it for right now. Yeah. That for is. now. For now. For now. Oh, <laughs> actually. There is one more thing. Oh, no. One more what thing. Yes. <laughs> so, we have a very extra special, actually, we want to say a very, very extra special congratulations to our sound producer, Tiff. Yes. Um, this episode is coming out the day after her wedding. Yes. So, she just got married yesterday. Yes. <laughs> so when No you, days off. No. <laughs> yeah, right. And now she's editing in her wedding dress in her hotel room right. to put this out right now. Like, I must put out the podcast. <laughs> Um, so we want to say congratulations to Tiff and her now husband. Oh. It, hasn't, it hasn't happened yet, and I feel weird saying it. But yes. uh, Tiff and AJ, congratulations. Yes. A very bad taste. Congratulations. A very bad taste. Congratulations. I also wanted to say that. So when I say a different last name in a minute, you're not like, oh, my God, they replaced Tiff. No, she just got married. Yes. Legally name change. So with that being said, mm-hmm. our sound and editing is done by Tiff Fullman. 
<laughs> slow clap. Yeah. <laughs> oh, that's I got to get used to saying that right? too. Um, our music is by Jason Zakshevsky, the Enigma. Was extra. <laughs> that was a little extra. Um, this has been the Bad Taste Crimecast. We will see you in two very short weeks. Adios. So long. <laughs> I'll be watching you. Aww. Aww. I always feel like watching me. I ain't got no privacy. Left their bodies on the hillsides along the highway. It was as if a wave of evil washed over this town. We are all people we're in some form or another. <laughs> lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. You've worked hard for what you have. Your money, your assets, your 401k, and home. Isn't it all worth protecting? Nearly one in four consumers have been a victim of identity theft. LifeLock Ultimate Plus helps protect your finances with up to $3 million in reimbursement. LifeLock alerts you to identity threats you might miss. And if your identity is stolen, your dedicated U.S.-based restoration specialist will work to fix it. Let LifeLock help protect what you've worked so hard for. Save 25% off your first year on LifeLock Ultimate Plus at LifeLock.com aware. Terms apply.